Welcome to Backlist and Chill Podcast. I am Ollie from near Philadelphia. I'm Senna from Ohio. And it is November 5th when we are recording this. November 5th, 2020. We still don't know who will be president. Most states are at like, I don't know, 50-50. And you're just like, And you're why? just like, why is half of this country trash? But yeah, it's a horror night. Very horrifying. And we... We've read a horror book. It's a book that has haunted our dreams for two years because this is our two-year anniversary. It is. So it is not just a night of horror. It's also a night of celebration. That's true. Celebrate the horror of our love. Wow. Okay. I didn't know you felt that way, but all right. <laughs> I would. I would become a werewolf with you. Aw. I would become a werewolf without you, but also with you. (laughs) I like how my statement could be interpreted as, with you, I would become a werewolf, but not without. And you're like, fuck that, I'm becoming a werewolf. (laughs) Don't tell me you wouldn't. Don't lie to me. I would, but then I would have to come find you. Oh, I appreciate that. I would Mm -hmm. come find you too. Okay, that's good. Uh, So, Blood and Chocolate. This book is cursed because the last time we talked about this book, I done fucked up real hard. I was recording. I'm actually leaning in right now to double check. It says Yeti stereo microphone. (laughs) I was recording from the microphone on my laptop. Mm -hmm. It was not good. I was going to re-record my end, but first I had to transcript my end. Let me tell you, even though I said those words, I don't know what I was saying most of the time (laughs) because that's how bad the recording was. It's true. So ultimately I gave up. And that's why we don't have an episode 1.3. It's very sad because this is a book that you and I clearly enjoy reading and rereading. Clearly. We keep doing it. I know. I was posting about it on my Facebook wall tonight and a couple friends jumped in being like, oh, let me know when you post it. Aww. Because they're like, it's a great book. And I'm like, it is. Me and my podcast made this the third time we're going to talk about it <laughs> in like eight years. <laughs> we keep coming back to it. You know what? Like any good piece of art, we keep finding something new. That is the most incredible part of this book. I didn't know if I would have more to say about it than we did last time. Not that mm-hmm. anybody but you or I heard it. But like, right. I didn't want to just be retreading the same stuff that you and I already did and be like, I know we said this last time, but I know we said this last time, but (laughs) like the fact that there is new insight, the fact that I have new feelings and and thoughts Mm -hmm. about it, and it sounds like you do too. Like, wow, I just have so much with this book that that is just fascinating. I'm so glad we decided to reread it. Um, I look forward to the inevitable fourth time. (laughs) We're going to do it for like, for every anniversary. This is going to be the episode. (laughs) Welcome to the annual reread of Backlist and Chill Blood and Chocolate. But clearly two years was a good amount of time in between. Yeah, it gives gives a good time to marinate, to forget stuff. Oh, absolutely. I can't believe how much I forgot about this book again. (laughs) That's always the super surprising part. Like, I remember... um, Last episode, we reread The Last Vampire by Christopher Pike, Um, but I don't remember the last time I read that one. It clearly hadn't been at any point in the past, you know, eight years of us doing two different podcasts. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I forgot the whole ending, you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> I forgot whole characters. And this one is more just like forgetting scenes that it was like, oh, wow, that was actually a really good scene. I, I forgot that one. How mm-hmm. interesting. Even though it was only two years ago. So, all right. Anyway, this is Backlist and Chill podcast. The Backlist is we read old books, books that we probably read in our youth or that came out when we were younger. And Mm -hmm. then we come together and we drink. That's the chill. Oh, also, it's still a pandemic. I expect it will be a pandemic when you listen to this, but just in case you're listening to it like next year when hopefully there won't be a pandemic. (laughs) So I'm drinking, I don't know what it's called, so I'm just going to call it a uh, a ginger uh, snap. It is... All right. So there's this moment in the book (laughs) Uh where a kid offers Vivian a Coke. And she tastes it, and it, it's definitely spiked. Mm-hmm. So I, I got a, a ginger ale, mm-hmm. and I drank most of it. And then I filled it back up with absinthe. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> so since it's in a green bottle, as you can see in my picture on Twitter, for those mm-hmm. of you who go and click on it, it still just looks green. <laughs> so this is like, I guess it's, I, I did fill it back up again. So it's um it's two-thirds ginger ale, one-third absinthe which is pretty much the same thing as i always drink i usually do one third water ice water one third uh simple syrup one third absinthe so this is just like put the simple syrup and the water together to get ginger ale there you go bam absinthe but yeah i highly recommend this if you like absinthe and you like ginger ale you'll like it together what do you got i have maybe the tastiest thing i've ever made oh that's exciting so I found a recipe for a blood orange chocolate martini. Oh my god, it looks so good. I used creme de cacao. I got a blood orange cocktail mix. Um, So I mixed that with orange juice and orange flavored vodka. Ooh. It tastes like a chocolate orange. And Ollie, I don't even like <laughs> chocolate oranges. Like, this is so good. I'm super jealous because you've had plenty of drinks on this podcast in the past two years that you've been like, this is really good and I like it. The Mm -hmm. fact that you would say, this is the tastiest drink I have made. It's just so good. Like, it's so drinkable. Mm. Like, you can just take a whole throat full and you don't feel that alcohol, but it's definitely alcohol. I love that. And I love chocolate oranges. Well, next time you come down. Yeah, when there's not a pandemic, you're Mm -hmm. like high on my list of people to go see. (laughs) We have to see Fast and Furious together. (sighs) I know. There's only going to be two more, so. Anyway, it's yummy. Um, And you should try it, even if you don't like chocolate oranges, because I don't, and it's real good. Well, I'm glad we're both drinking stuff that is good. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, do you have the paperback? Of course. Good. So we both have the appropriate book with the gorgeous Cliff Nielsen art. Oh, this is beautiful. I think this might be my favorite of his. This is like peak Cliff Nielsen to me. It's so good. And like a lot of his stuff, it does feel like sometimes he just goes overboard with the swooshies. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I love you, Mr. Nielsen, but you got a style and you're just like, ah, I'll just fucking lean into it. Listen, we stand. But sometimes, you know, it gets a little extra, but Blood and Chocolate is just like perfectly ethereal, swooshy, the color palette's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I found myself staring at it in between reading it. I'm still, I'm looking at it right now. I'm just like, oh, yes. It's the kind of image that if you took off the words Blood and Chocolate and Annette Curtis Klaus, 
and just was like, here's this poster and I'm selling it at fucking Spencer's. <laughs> it would be on so many teenagers' walls. So I love that this cover also feels appropriate to the book. Oh, yes. Um, sometimes you look at a cover and you're just like, eh, I don't know what you're going for here, but whatever, you're this book's cover. So this cover, you've got Vivian right down underneath the title. And she's like partially changed she's turned to the side so we've got her in profile and it's very it's very pretty she looks oh my god i am <laughs> i can tell i've already had too much to drink because i just tried to tap and oh make her face bigger so i could zoom in on it amazing amazing it's cool i've tried to scroll books before so it's fine this <laughs> is fine i'm like wow well, well, can't i zoom in on her face <laughs> Oh, well. Uh, Anyway, I have to get my real face close to it. So let's take (laughs) off my glasses, because I'm old. Weird that light glasses don't actually work when you need to be this close. All right. So you get real close, and she she looks somber Mm -hmm. and kind of sad, but her eyes are, like, half-changed as well, which is really fascinating to me. Like, you get in really close, and she just has these, like, full-blown blue wolf eyes, but they're not yellow you know and they're not glowing they don't stand out he's not trying to draw attention to that little bit of the change on her and Mm -hmm. i find that fascinating but her hand her hand is up on her shoulder and it has the claws so -hmm. you can see that she's partially changed then um so the character is supposed to have like blonde hair but i've always imagined her with this auburn hair that they have on the cover Mm mm-hmm but so she has darker hair, and it looks like the forest is growing out of her hair. I love that. Right, like such a cool fucking detail. Right, because they make the branches look like veins almost. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Right, and it's just like, let's take all the different parts of nature and just push it all together. Then, behind the image of her, it's superimposed over what, I think it's kind of like the, so the story opens with her family's in. Uh, in West Virginia, being burned down. It's just in the prologue. And so you've got, like, this kind of cracked brickwork. And maybe she's in the center of, uh, like, a window archway or something. Or maybe it's just, you know, Cliff Nielsen being being artsy like he is. But you see this fire in the background. And, like, I've definitely missed it many times when I've looked at oh, this cover. Oh, yes. Like, I until until you mentioned it just now, I did not realize that that was the end burning that's great right like so 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 good so you understand why she is this way but also now look at her neck this is a thing that i'm only just now noticing because my glasses are off and i'm a little drunk (laughs) she has a silver cord around her neck which is probably for the necklace that aiden gives her Yep. And I love that. We don't see the pendant that he gives her, but at least she's wearing the necklace. So, like, here's the necklace, here's the forest, here's her half-changed, here's the inciting incident that sets off the whole fucking book. Like, all in one beautiful image. Also, the detail of the werewolf, like, snout and jaws in shadow right behind her head Ooh, is a great good call, detail. good call. Yes, I like that. That is good. I also like uh, up at the top. Oh, yes. Where you've got um, the phases of the moon. So, like, you look at this book and you know it's a fucking werewolf book. Yeah, werewolf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like Blood and Chocolate, which mm, is, I like, it's like raised as well. Like, 
a font. The mm-hmm. blood one is kind of... Mm, the blood is kind of grungy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, so you've got the moons up there and you've got her claws. So like, if you looked at this and saw blood and chocolate, you would not think this is a vampire book. You'd be like, oh yeah, that's that's werewolves. No, you can 100% see it. The forest, the color palette. He did such a good job. Thank you, Cliff Nielsen. I'm, I'm going to call it. This one's your best. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. And and then especially because of how much it relates to the novel. Like some of his stuff, maybe it's prettier. I'm sure. But this one, you just know what it fucking is. Yes. It's very good. <sighs> All right. Not that we're putting it off, but can't put it off any longer. Time to talk about the book. Do you want to give the synopsis? Yes, I will be short. I promise. Okay. Right. Because as I discussed with you. I like your, you like, like we talked about, Santa. <laughs> we talked about this. We talked sweetie. about this. The action of the book is not as interesting as the themes and characters. We don't want to talk about this forever, hon. Okay. (laughs) I know we're both drinking. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Do it. So, Blood and Chocolate is about Vivian Gandion. Gandion? I don't do French accents very well. I always say Gandion, but Gandion might be right. Yeah. Anyway, she is a 16-year-old. 16, question mark? 15. No, not 15. I'm pretty sure she's 16. She, okay, we had this, we've had this conversation. She's 15 at the, at the very beginning. beginning of the book, when the inn burns down, mm-hmm. she's 14. A no. year later, a year later, she's 15 because she has her 16th birthday. Oh, you're right. You're she, right. She does have her 16th birthday in the book. Yes. Ew, that makes it worse. I know. Oh, God. Right? We're going to talk about how gross it is. Like, we have to assume that everyone in this book who is a werewolf has known her probably since she was born. And even if they came in later, they've definitely been around since she was at least 14, but probably younger. Mm-hmm. Hold on a sec. I just want to make sure that we're correct. So I'm searching the book for the words 16 and 17. <laughs> So this is what I do love about digital books. Mm, that is a pretty great ability. I can't stand it, but at 15, Esme was her match. You can't stop him. Okay, so no, Vivian is 15 when the inn burns down. Oh, okay, okay. That's, that's slightly better. Hold on. All right, so that was May, and she's 15. And then the next year, May, so she would have turned 16. Okay, so she's 17. That makes it slightly better. Not only slightly. The best. Right. Not the best. It's weird, right? It's weird how 15, like, ooh, gross. And then at 16, you're like, eh. and then 17, you're like, eh. I mean, I know ultimately you and me are both like, that is a child. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, ultimately, we are both like, no, this is inappropriate. This is gross. But it like, it gets grosser at 15 and then less gross at 16. And it doesn't, it shouldn't. Yeah. But like for for like the way that we're conditioned to view teenagers, I guess. Well, I think it's because we remember being 14, 15, 16. Well, just 15 to me still feels like a child, whereas 16 feels like you've sort of crossed that bridge into be- having ideas about what you want your adulthood to look like. Well, and again, I feel like for me, this is just because there are so many like books, media and stuff that focus on people at 16 and they are teenagers. Whereas if they're like 15, 14, 13, then they're like kids movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, no, so it, it does, it makes it better to me because of the ways the five interact with Vivian, that they're being that way to her at 16, but not at 15. Right, even though the five are at least closer in age to her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So Vivian, 16, werewolf. Her family is chased out of their West Virginia inn. Which means she has a West Virginian accent. (laughs) No. After (laughs) the younger members of their pack are caught, like, killing a girl, uh, they get chased out of the town by werewolf hunters. Their inn is burned down. Vivian's father dies. Their pack is shattered. uh, And they're forced to move into the suburbs where it's hard to be a werewolf around people, you guys. Right, you move to Maryland, you're in the goddamn burbs near the city, and you're just like, how? So Vivian is going to school, living with her mom and her uncle. The pack is scattered. Uh, She's very lonely. That's like the crux of the story is that her people have sort of abandoned her. She can't really, is not good at making friends or getting along with like humans. So she's just really, really lonely. She uh, submits some art to the school paper. It gets published next to a poem that speaks to Vivian as like, ooh, maybe this person knows what it's really like to be a werewolf. I liked that it was like, maybe he's also a werewolf. Right. She's she's like, maybe. Who knows? They're strays. You know, he could be. So she uh, seeks him out. And she realizes that he is indeed human, but he's a cute human. <laughs> but he's cute. So she decides that they are going to be a thing. They date. They fall in love. She gets along with his friends, except for the one girl, because it's the 90s and uh. bitches, am I right? <laughs> and bitches. God, my least favorite part of this book. Yeah, I the girl thing is not good. In the meantime, her pack is trying to find its footing, uh, and they're trying to do that by choosing a new leader, because Vivian's father was the leader, but again, he died. So they decide that the only way that they can choose a leader is to go back to the old ways, like trial by combat. Yep, because if somebody else had killed him in combat one-on-one, that person would have already been the leader, but he died in a fire, so what? The fire can't be the fucking leader. (laughs) We don't follow the fire. Where would we go? (laughs) The fire knows nothing of our ways. It has no honor. <laughs> Fire has no honor. <laughs> um, okay. So they go out into the woods. They do their big, like, trial by combat. There is a dude named Gabriel who is 24. That's important. Very. Who her mother and another lady have been fighting over. Yeah, Astrid, her friend's mom. Yeah, Astrid. Astrid is going to be the villain of this book because, again, bitches. Am I right? Because bitches. Uh, Her mom and Astrid have been fighting over Gabriel, but Gabriel's been just sort of ambivalent about that. He seems to actually be interested in Vivian, which is gross. Because also, he's... All right. Basically, it's gross with Gabriel regardless because they're older ladies in the sense that they're, like, my age. (laughs) Really? Yeah, uh, I am... How old am I? I think I'm 38. <laughs> I never remember. I think I'm 38. Yeah, it's an even year, so I'm an even old. Um, <laughs> so I'm 38, and the moms are close to 40. Oh my god, you're right. We're Vivian's mom and Astrid's age. God, right? Because we don't weird. know how old Astrid is. As Astrid might be 35. But regardless, we're the age of the parents. 
I wouldn't date a 24-year-old. That's gross to me. Well, no. That's a baby. No, it is gross. And they, they call them out for it, sort of. Like, Vivian is grossed out by the idea of her mother dating a 24-year-old. Yeah. But, and the, like, I do love that the mom is like, yeah, but, like, it's fun to think about. I'm like, you go, Esme. <laughs> but please don't fucking kiss him. Thank you. He's 24. Esme's like, yeah, but, you know, he's a consenting adult, so... <laughs> I'm like, you have a point, but also maybe you could choose not to. <laughs> uh, yeah, Esme finds somebody better for her. She anyway, does. she does. Esme and Astrid have been fighting over Gabriel. Gabriel is like the most likely candidate for leader because he's like the strongest and he's kind of taken responsibility for the pack in yep. her father's absence. So a bunch of guys from the pack and then some strays from other packs come in. They're all going to fight it out. Um, it's, it's first blood and then you're booted. But when it comes down to like the final two, they can fight to the death. They can choose to kill each other. I think that's the fucked up part right there. Listen, this whole thing is the fucked up part. Okay, they're werewolves. Your deal is not great, friends. Let me just tell you. So Astrid makes a case that their laws don't say that women can't compete. So Astrid is very begrudgingly allowed to compete, but Gabriel goes out of his way to send her off early. Before it, like, even fucking starts, really? Yeah. Uh, so Astrid is booted out of the melee, and she's real salty about it. I would be, too. They fight. It gets, like, real vicious. Like, friends are killing friends. Oh, it's so sad. It's a really sad scene. It is really sad. It definitely serves to, like, emphasize, like, the bestial nature of the werewolves in their werewolf form. That was definitely something else that was part of the whole book, too, was where Vivian was like, but we're beautiful and it's wonderful. And anytime Vivian like this is like, why are we doing this? This is awful. I'm just like, I love you, baby. And I'm so sorry. I know. it's That's one of the things about the book. And we'll talk yeah. about it when we get to it. But, like, Vivian is always pulling away from, like, the vicious tendencies that the werewolves have. It is the way. And she's like, but why? So they fight. Uh, eventually it comes down to Gabriel and another guy, but he kills the guy and he wins. Gabriel yep. is the new pack leader. He was an outsider. It's okay. We didn't care about him. We didn't even yeah. know his name. Nah, he's just there to be a temporary threat uh, and to bring Esme her love interest. They <laughs> love Thomas. <laughs> so then out of nowhere, Astrid ambushes Esme because after the pack leader is chosen, the ladies are all going to fight it out for the right to be his mate. Literally fucking called the bitches dance. It's, I know, they use the word bitch so much in this book. And I'm like, ha ha ha, I get it, female dogs, but also misogyny. Right? I'm like, why do we have to be this way? You make me have to say that word. <laughs> right? Like, I get that it's a pun, Annette, but also this is inappropriate. <laughs> anyway. I am a teenager reading this. Um, Astrid ambushes Esme to kick off the bitches dance and she is like real vicious. Like she is trying to kill Esme and Vivian like freaks out and attacks Astrid to protect her mother and even ends up popping her eye like a great, it's it pretty good. I loved how horror it was. And um, Vivian like starts to lose herself in the violence of being angry and hating Astrid and defending her mother. And before she realizes it, she is almost killed Astrid. I don't remember how it ends. Like, does uh, somebody pull the, the, her the, off, Astrid? They get in the way of her. She, I think she stepped back, maybe? I don't know. I, I feel like she stepped back a minute and then all of the other, because they're all in wolf form currently. Mm -hmm. They start circling her and circling her and circling her. And she's like, oh shit, I fucked up. I ruined it. Oh no! Because she didn't know that it was the bitches dance. But when it comes down to it, she realizes that she, her mother, and Astrid were the only viable candidates for Queen Bitch. And that she has won and now she is Gabriel's <laughs> mate. 
She's like, well, fuck. So she hates it mm-hmm. and runs away. Gabriel keeps sniffing around, trying to court her, but not in the way that, like, he brings her flowers and chocolates, in the way that, like, he gets up in her biz and tells her that they belong together. It's true. Tell me what I need to do to court you. I don't tell you anything. See, I must figure it out myself. No. <laughs> Maybe, um, respect my wishes when I tell you continuously to leave me alone. Right? So, uh, one thing that I noticed reading this book this time is that every time Vivian escalates her relationship with Aiden, mm-hmm. it is in response to somebody on her werewolf side telling her that she has to, like, be a better werewolf. Oh, shit. I only noticed that when she was deciding, when she was like, I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna show him what I am. Nope. So, like, the first time that she calls him, it's after her mother tells her that she shouldn't, like, flirt with meat boys. Oh my god, you're right. Like, this time when she goes to decide that she's going to have sex with him, it's because Gabriel is uh, pursuing her and he's trying to be her mate, and she doesn't want that. So she responds by, like, trying to escalate stuff with Aiden, and I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. See, now next time when I read it, I'm gonna be watching for that. (laughs) So uh, she does that. She calls Aiden, she's like, hey, I wanna fuck. (laughs) I did notice this time that there were, like, three opportunities of her and Aiden maybe gonna fuck that were thwarted that made this time the time that it happened like really close to the moon and things like that too oh really and I was like god if they'd just been able to fuck some other time I've read this book so many times and every time I just want it to work out for Vivian so badly I know like every time this comes around I'm like oh baby just don't just don't turn into a werewolf. Just have sex with the boy. Right? Like, you clearly have had sex before. This is not that big of a thing to you. Just fuck him. Right. And I texted you this time. I'm like, I would just like to pause this book when she's hanging out with Aiden's friends. Yes. And she's like having fun being a teenage girl. And she has people who are like accepting of her that aren't forcing her to be like a super aggressive werewolf. It's the equivalent of like be a man except be a werewolf. Right? It's constant. And that's explicitly what Vivian is rejecting in the book. She's rejecting like the gender roles and the way that the men are all taught to be super aggro and to demand sex from her. (laughs) She's like rejecting toxic masculinity by rejecting toxic werewolf. Yeah, it is. I mean, the werewolves are toxic masculinity, except that you're not supposed to think that's bad. Yeah. Yeah, so she goes to Aiden's house. She's like, I'm going to show him who I am. He's going to love me. Um, He super likes all of this weird magic, like, (laughs) esoteric stuff. Like, he's going to love that I'm a werewolf. And I'm like, oh, baby, I I want Aiden to be better for you. Right. You deserve a better boyfriend. uh, Reading this one uh, again this time, I was just like, Aiden... You're the worst. I know you're also, like, probably 17, maybe 18, now that I know that she's 16 at the beginning. But, like, you're the worst. You're just that kid who's, like, been privileged his whole fucking life. And you're like, oh, yeah, I rebel against my parents by, like, painting my ceiling black. And I'm like, I know you. <laughs> you. You know what I noticed this time, Ollie? Every time Vivian, like, tries to engage him about the magic stuff, it's discarded. So, like, so only he's allowed to like magic? No. So, like, she climbs into his car the first time and she sees, like, 
of whatever witches for dummies on the floor of his yeah. car. But, like, it's discarded on the floor of his car. Like, he read three pages oh. and then tossed it. And then when she goes into his room for the first time, she's like, oh, you have a deck of tarot cards? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was starting to learn how to use them, but then I stopped. Like, his interest I, I in I picked magic, up on that I was starting to learn, but but I stopped. But you're right. You're right. It's very, like, superficial and surface level. And I'm like, mm, that's good foreshadowing. I love that. It really is. You're right. The whole I will discard all of the magic that I actually encounter because I don't really care. His whole hippiness is like, I do it because it pisses off my parents. It's aesthetics, like entirely aesthetics. I hate him. Yeah, I know. I super hate him, too. Like, I I get where he's coming from, where, like, I would also probably try to kill her if I thought that she were murdering people, like Zoe trying to kill Simon in Silver Kiss. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, we're reading it from Vivian's perspective, and it's like, you dick. She she also (laughs) thinks she murdered people, but you dick. (laughs) And she even calls it out, too. She's like... I've given him no reason to doubt me. I'm allowed to doubt me. He's not allowed to doubt me. I'm like, he's not, baby. He's not. I know. I love it so much. I'm going to prove you wrong by ripping up your shit. (laughs) She's so cute. Okay. So she goes to Aiden. She tries to show herself to him. He freaks out. Vivian freaks freaks out at his rejection and panics and jumps out his window and then blacks out. She comes to the next morning covered in blood and finds out that there's been a murder behind her mom's bar where the pack hangs out. And she thinks, oh shit, I may have killed somebody. Right, I'm blacked out. There's a period of time. I don't know what happened. This smells like human blood. I'm fucked. Yep. So the book continues along in that vein where Vivian is starting to like drink a lot to cope with the pain of Aiden. She tries various methods to like get him back, to confront him, to get him to talk to her. None of it works. She's such a teenager in these scenes too. I she is, but I like I loved it. I love that she kidnapped him and forced him to talk to her in his car and then like oh, yeah. dragged him. <laughs> I love the moment where she's got uh she's holding on to him from behind. She's got her hand over his mouth and she's like, I can run faster than you and you know it. And I'm like, ah yes. <laughs> I love it. And then I love that she says to his face, like you said you wanted magic. I'm giving you magic. And now you're telling me that you don't want me. And he's like, yeah, I suck. I was just super wrong about everything. And I'm super mundane and normal. I love that she slaps his necklace back in his hand. And she's like, you made me your victim. And I'm like, yeah, you tell him, Vivian. Yeah, yeah I love her. I know we've said it before, though maybe it was only last time. But I know that we say it all the time. <laughs> Team Vivian forever. Like, God, yes. I love her want her to have a good life same so um while vivian is trying to get aiden back and figuring out that he has left her for the bitch in Mm. his friend group on the other side the murders keep happening and vivian keeps blacking out and waking up with evidence making her think that she is the one who's doing the murders so sad so like we've read this book so many times and this was just like so sad to watch her (sighs) be gaslit on purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So sad. But it was really well done. Like, she had no reason to believe that she wasn't the murderer. Yep. Um. So she goes to Kelly's house. She breaks in. She busts up all of her stuff. She's going to, like, stay there and kill her until she realizes that Kelly hasn't actually done anything that Vivian wouldn't also do. I loved that self-realization. Me too. I It's the barest smidgen of fucking empathy we get for Kelly. And I'll take it. <laughs> yep. So 
Vivian leaves. Uh, she, she blacks, blacks out, out again. again. Yeah. The murder happens. Uh, she wakes up with the hand. The pack gathers. <laughs> she wakes up with the hand. It's it's missing <laughs> the rest of the body, friends. It's just a it's, hand. It's evidence. It's to gaslight Vivian into thinking she's a murderer. Mm-hmm. So Aiden's friend delivers a note to Vivian saying that Aiden wants to meet her down by the river. At two in the fucking morning. Right. And Vivian puts two and two together. She's like, oh, yeah, he's going to try to kill me because he thinks that I'm the one murdering all of these people. Right. Because the fucking police showed up at my door being like, so do you know Kelly? (laughs) Somebody busted up her shit. Right. And also there's been a murder. So Aiden's like, oh, shit, she's she's bad news. Right. And like. On Aiden's part, yeah. Yeah. He has no proof that she didn't do all this. As far as he knows, she's the only werewolf, so yeah. Right, because she didn't say, me and my family. And he's watched a lot of movies and shit, so like he might just be like, oh, she got bitten by a werewolf. Yeah. So Vivian decides that she's too much of a risk to her family and her pack, and that she's probably going to keep killing, because once you start killing humans, you can't stop. So they're like Pringles. So, (laughs) (laughs) once you pop, you can't stop. So, humans. She decides that she's going to douse herself in kerosene and light herself on fire because it's extremely metal. It is extremely metal. And she's like, I love, like, it's a rough scene because she's really thinking about, like, she's got a lot of. Not just suicidal ideation, but she's like, I need to kill myself for the sake of all my my friends and family. What mm-hmm. will work? What will fucking kill one of my kind? And like, right. she goes through this list and then finally she's like, fire. Fire killed my dad. This is appropriate. God, Vivian, like, I know that you're hard to kill, but like, this is a lot. <laughs> it is. So yeah, she goes down to the river. She dosses herself in kerosene. I love... I love, I love the scene where she tries to kill herself. Yeah. Um, Because you can tell she doesn't want to. No, and it's really good because, like, the way that she describes, like, her fingers are numb when she's trying to, like, light the match. and She, like, fucks up on the first one. Right. And, like, she doesn't want to do it, but she's pushing through it because she thinks it's for the good of her people. Right. Like, I don't agree with you, Vivian. You should not be killing yourself. And I know you're scared and I know you feel like a coward, but, like... I I do respect that in your weird-ass culture, it is better for you to die because you are a murder machine if you're killing these people. Like, good on you. (laughs) I will take out the weapon. And it's such an interesting, like, depiction of the the way that Vivian's body is trying to sabotage her. (laughs) Yeah. So just as Vivian is about to light herself up, two of the boys from the five, her old friends. Yes. Was it Astrid's son and then the cute little one, Willem? Yeah, Astrid's son and Willem were like the two nice ones in the The past. Ulf and Willem. And they're like, you didn't do it, Vivian! Don't! Stop! (laughs) And I'm like, go boys, go! They tell Vivian that she is being framed by Rafe and Astrid. And Ulf knows because he saw them kill the friend, uh, Aiden's friend, who brought a note to tell her to meet at 2am. Mm-hmm. She realizes that they are going to go kill Aiden because they got his note. They know where he's going to be. So she and Gabriel run off to intercept him while the others go off to uh, gather the pack for the trial. Vivian shows up to Aiden. He sees her. He tries to kill her with a silver bullet that he made uh, out of the pendant that he gave her. Uh, I did want to say that was really well foreshadowed. 
I appreciate that all of those pieces were in play. That, like, he knew how to shoot a gun. He commented about it. He had silver lying around. And his dad had stuff and had shown him how to make bullets. Right. Like, I loved that. Like, as soon as it happened, I'm like, I know I've read this book before, but oh god, oh god. It's so, it's like, <laughs> fucking Chekhov's silver bullet. Yeah, I mean, it, it is exactly that. It's like, hey, let's go out to the garage where my dad has stuff that can make bullets for him anyway. So about <laughs> my room, where I'm a fake witch. <laughs> where I keep a bunch of silver shit. So... Aiden is just about to shoot her because he thinks that she's a murderer when Astrid steps out and says, no, I am, in fact, the murderer. And Rafe shows up and he's there and he's like, oh, now he's seen us. He's got to die. (laughs) So Vivian takes Astrid while Aiden takes Rafe. Aiden kills Rafe with his bullet. Vivian almost kills Astrid, but Gabriel pulls her off so that Astrid can be tried by the pack. I love where he's like, justice is mine to met out. Yoink. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know. He does. He fucking yanks Vivian off of Astrid. And I kind of picture him just like overhand tossing her over his shoulder, even though it says that he just picks her up and sets her back on her feet. I know, right? But he's always described as like so fucking huge. I can't even imagine him fitting in a room. <laughs> so uh, Gabriel condemns Astrid for the human murders that she's done. He kills her. They are about to let Aiden go. When Aiden panics, he shoots the gun. Vivian jumps in the way and she gets shot instead. Uh, They let Aiden go, threatening him with eternal fucking uh, torment if he tells anybody about them. Whatever. He deserves it at this point. Vivian is caught in her, like, between forms. And that was also something that was really well established because through that whole scene, she is fighting, turning into a wolf. Yeah. She knows that will make him freak. So she's, like, physically fighting the transformation in a way that pains her. Mm-hmm. And then she gets hit with a silver bullet. Yep. So she uh, is healed from the silver bullet, but she is stuck in her half form. Uh, and then the last chapter comes in and just ruins everything. Everything! <laughs> you, so, all right. So before you say this, you and I had messaged... And you were chatting about how, like, the first two-thirds of this book is really good, and I agreed, and I hadn't gotten through all of it at that point. But then I get to the end of it, and I'm like, it's really mostly the last fucking chapter that ruins it. Even the second-to-last chapter, like, there's stuff I would change, but, like, the last chapter is the one where you're just like, oh, it's a horror book. (laughs) The last chapter is where the resolution comes in, and the resolution is terrible. So um, Vivian is in her room. She's getting ready to go with her family to their new inn that Gabriel found for them. She is stuck in her half-wolf form and she feels disgusting and hideous. And even though everybody is trying to, like, be nice to her. Oh my gosh, even the boys are like, no, it's great. Everybody's doing the half-wolf form. And I'm like, you're so good. They try really hard. Esme tries really hard. Like, they all try. Um, But Vivian is stuck in her, like, the fucking metaphor for the book. She can't decide what she wants to be. So uh, Gabriel comes into her room. He tells her the worst story in the history of everything. He tells her that when he was younger, he fell in love with a stripper. He's 24. He's like, when I was a boy. I know. know. (laughs) Like, how old were you, Gabriel? Like, 18? It was four years ago. Aren't they not adults until they're 21? Yeah, yeah, it was three years ago. <laughs> right? God. Three years ago when I you hate were it. 13. Ugh, gross. 
is. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. of course. So he tells her that when he was younger, he fell in love with a stripper. The way that they describe this girl is really fucking awful. They do the whole stripper with a heart of gold thing. You know, she couldn't have just been like an exotic dancer. No, she had to be intelligent and beautiful and fallen on bad times. Oh, yeah. They said that she was too educated and too sweet to be like a stripper. She's to just... really just be a stripper. But Gabriel explains that for a werewolf, humans are very delicate and that it inspires the werewolves to want to protect them. Like they get obsessed and they mistake that for love. Yeah, I hated that because it's like maybe for you, Gabriel. It's gross in ways that we'll discuss later, but it's yeah, I don't like it either. So Gabriel explains that he was in love with this person. He he doesn't even say her name, I just realized. Oh, no. No, she doesn't get a name. She's just the stripper. So he realizes that it's not enough for him, that he wants to share his wolf side with her too. And he does this by just changing just a little bit when they're having sex because Gross. it feels better for him, which is non-consensual, Gabriel. <laughs> Not that that's something that he or any of them have a problem with. Considering all of the times her consent is not even like a thought. Yeah. So the girl realizes one of the times she like opens her eyes and she's fucking tongue kissing a werewolf. And she's like, (laughs) holy shit. What the fuck? She flips out the way that Aiden flipped out on Vivian. Gabriel flips out back and he gets mad at her because she rejects him and he kills her. He hit her. And one of our kind could have taken that hit. That's also a terrible, terrible line because he's blaming her for not being tough enough to take the hit. How dare you be so fragile that I can't smack you around a little. Also, the implication that, like, a female werewolf would have taken it and liked it. Like, ew, Gabriel. Right? Uh, He explains that that was really rough on him, you know, killing a lady (laughs) that he liked a lot. Vivian is, of course, 100% drawn in. She's like, oh, you poor baby. And he's like, we just we just can't love humans, Vivian. We have to be with somebody who can accept our wolf side. Like, that's the most important side. <laughs> and Vivian's like, yeah, you're right. That is the most important side. That's what drives me wild, is that it's not someone who will accept all of us. It's that they, they can't accept the wolf side. Are you, I don't see any of you out there fucking romancing dogs. <laughs> Oh, gross. So <laughs> the werewolves also can, or the wolves also cannot consent to this. See, and, and I think that's why when you look at it that way, it makes it so, so, so bad. It's like, if I replace human with wolf, does the scene become awful? Yes. Okay. I mean, you, it's, it's still gross because he's turning into a werewolf while he's fucking this lady. Like, exactly. She didn't consent to animal fucking Gabriel. No, right? She's allowed to say, ah, no. <laughs> Like, go online, I'm sure there's people who would be totally into it. They all just want the ones that are, you know, the tragic backstory. (laughs) This this book does not survive the internet. (laughs) (laughs) There are places, there are dating sites, Gabriel. Monster fucker for monster fucker. Even, okay, so they start making out. uh, Because Gabriel Gabriel and Vivian, yeah. Gabriel and Vivian, because Gabriel is essentially... 
accepting Vivian for who she is. And that's all Vivian wanted. I like you even in your weird half form that is just a natural form to us because we all do half form. So he starts kissing her and like it's the acceptance that he he is giving her that allows Vivian to accept herself and she is able to turn back and forth. And um, there's the moment at the very end of the book. It's the killer getting mm-hmm. up with their final scare. I have the page open. Oh, sure. Do you want to read it? I will. Absolutely. Because there's so much I would edit. Um, so after he says, uh, come out with me beneath the stars. If she left with him now, her world would be changed forever. She would be bound by duty for life, like her father. Like my father, she thought, then realized, this is what I owe him. This is how I make it up to him. Don't wag your tail yet, Wolfman, she said to cover her fear and desire. You've bitten off more bunny than you can chew. She followed him to the window, the blood singing in her veins. The end. (sighs) Like, why do we have to bring the dad back into this? Also, why is she following him? Like, so my quick edits on this to Annette, if I was her editor. (laughs) Annette, sit down. We need to look at this last chapter. (laughs) Just these, just this like last chunk right here. Just keep, if she left with him now, her world would be changed forever. Sure, maybe have her be coy about it and say, don't wag your tail yet, she said to cover her fear and desire. And then say, she beat him to the window, the blood singing in her veins or something like that. Like, like have her be the one who's making the choice rather than following him. And also the whole line about you've bitten off more bunny than you can chew is way too fucking twee and way too coy and not what she's doing at all. It's not the vibe of the paragraph before it. Right? I have to do this thing for my dad. Like, get rid of the shit about her dad being bound by duty for life like her father. Like, just fucking get rid of it. Just have her make this choice to be like, you know what? Fuck yeah, I'd love to go for a run with you, Gabriel. I'm absolutely going to embrace this. I can't wait to get to Vermont. I can't wait to not feel like a gross weird thing anymore like I have for the past three months. Fuck yeah, let's do this. Yeah, because what you're doing with those two paragraphs is you're changing it from Vivian accepting her wolf self and finding somebody who will also find beauty in her wolf self. And you're turning it into duty to making stuff up to her father. And that's not what this book has been about at all. No, she has thought about her father, you know, and her mother has thought about the father. Like they had a nice scene where a sad scene, you know. But, like, a nice scene where they were looking at old pictures and then her and her mom went out to dinner together and it was really nice. But, like, it's not been, ah, I am so racked with guilt about the shit that I could have stopped. Like, no, your story has been about why doesn't this boy like me? I'm beautiful. Why do I feel ugly? It would be one thing if, like you said, she had spent the book, like, feeling the guilt. Because at the beginning of the book, she stops her mom from going back in after her father. And if that were something that Vivian was like, oh, I kept her from going in. I, I helped kill him. him. Like, yeah, yeah if, if that were something and if her feelings for the pack were tied up in her duty as, like, a werewolf princess or denying yeah. them a leader. Like, but that's not it. Her feelings about the pack are explicitly feelings of they don't get her. Like, nobody gets Vivian. They are too violent. Why do we have to be this way? Right. Because that's the other thing that I realized reading this book this time is that it's not about, oh, I, I really like this boy. It's about 
Vivian wants to find somebody who will love her as she is. And for Vivian, the werewolves are too much about like not respecting her. She doesn't like the violence. She wants to be like a chill wolf and they all want to be macho (laughs) wolves. She's like, I want to paint and shit. (laughs) Right. Like she wants, she like artistic shit and like they're not into that. They're all into just fighting and fucking. And then for Aiden, like he understands like the artistic side of her and like the gentle side, but he is not giving her like the excitement and the werewolfy shit that she wants. Just find yourself an artsy bad boy. (laughs) You know, I feel like what Vivian really just needs is to find somebody who is also into like S&M yeah. <laughs> because that's all she just like, oh, I want him to bite my lip when we kiss. It's like, Vivian, there are people who will do that that are not werewolves. Right. But she doesn't even know how to ask. And like, that's that's the main thing with that is that like if she could have a fucking conversation that wasn't, oh, God, but I'm a werewolf. And maybe he'll think because I'm a werewolf, not that he knows. But if she was just like, bite me a little. You know, like, maybe Aiden would be like, oh, I don't, I don't know. But maybe, you know, there would be someone else out there who would be like, hot. (laughs) No, exactly. And the problem is that the book, it takes the incompatibility of Vivian and Aiden. Right, just two people. Translates it to, you can never be with a human. They can't sexually satisfy you. (laughs) Right. Gabriel takes, I, uh removed the consent and autonomy of this young woman and fetishized her and put her on a pedestal it didn't work out and so therefore humans and werewolves can't be together because i fucked up Mm -hmm. yeah it's all just one person it's yeah and then it just makes that the message of the book which is weird and gross Mm -hmm. it's stick to what you know but like even in that very chapter that we were talking about the last chapter where they're talking about like oh i have to accept my duty like the first thing that vivian is doing in that chapter is painting over her mural of the werewolves at the inn like she's literally letting go of the past yeah and now this final paragraph wants to say for my dad no, I have to bury myself in the past and duty and the responsibility, what I owe my father. And it's like, but you were just letting go. <laughs> you were just letting go. What what, what? happened? <laughs> he told you a sob story? Where is Vivian in this chapter? Yeah, I hate that she really does kind of end the book where she started, except yeah. that now she has to be the fucking pack leader And she has to date the other pack leader. Like, it hasn't resolved any of the problems that Vivian said that she had in the beginning of the book. It just tries to tell us that those weren't actually the problems that she had. (laughs) And I disagree. Yeah, yeah. The book is like, and in the end, she got a man. I'm like, what does that solve? Right? Even if you try to tell me that, like, in the end, she found somebody to accept her as she was. It's like, um, no, actually, he, he didn't. He didn't. He kissed her when she was half transformed and he told her that he loved her. But Mm -hmm. like Gabriel is like literally the embodiment of all of the pack traditions that Vivian didn't like. Yeah. They talk about how her father was a good leader, not in the traditional sense, but because he was like a good manager and he... Yeah, he managed the inn. He kept them safe. Yeah, he was good at keeping the peace. 
But like they literally have to go to these old rituals to make the new pack leader. And that's Gabriel. And Gabriel is literally like, I roll with intimidation and with my brawn. (laughs) Roll physical intimidation. (laughs) Right? And even if the book tells you that you can see in his eyes that, you know, he doesn't like the violence. He just knows that it's necessary. Like, he yeah. still hasn't done anything to challenge the pack and, and their attitudes. So, like, you're literally having her embrace her old pack traditions and they're shitty. Mm-hmm. Like, so in the final chapter, he's telling the story and she, like, goes to him and holds him and he puts his head on her shoulder and i'm like this is gross (laughs) this is super gross like it's nice that vivian is like oh wow that super sucks you fucking killed her oh my gosh i can't imagine what it would be like if i killed aiden (gasps) like she's empathizing but he's acting like this is the thing that will sway her and it does but like there's a line in it where it's When he opened his eyes and looked up at her, he appeared much younger than he had before. He's only 24, Vivian remembered. It was his self-assurance that made him seem much older. And then he says he didn't mean to kill her. Like, the fact that here is this white 24-year-old dude telling you, I didn't mean to kill her, and you give him a hug, and he puts his head on your shoulder, and the entire time he's just been acting like... A big important dude who seems so much older than you and Vivian doesn't like being around him. Mm-hmm. And he crowds into her space. Like, it's that infantilizing of white dudes that happens. Mm-hmm. And and the werewolves are not free from it. I just hate it. <laughs> so the problem is that, like, you can easily are, you can easily make the vampire argument, right? Well, like, well, they're thousands of years old. They're different from us. They don't have, like, you can't judge them by human standards, which mm-hmm. is sort of true. Like, you you talked about it in our Twitter chat. Like, Klaus does a very good job of making the werewolves feel different, right? Like, she describes their instincts and their animalness. Like, to them, humans really don't matter oh yeah classes werewolves are really great at feeling like shit can i even judge you by human standards right the problem is that um i can and i will (laughs) exactly (laughs) like you can't you can't have this guy in this book talk about domestic violence and killing his girlfriend and have him be the romantic lead in the end because we live in a world where this happens to real people you can't frame it like that. You cannot romanticize this shit. Yep. It's a horror book. It is. It is a horror book that doesn't know it's a horror story. <laughs> like, I definitely remember reading this book for the first couple of times. And I think I didn't think about the age difference mm-hmm. between Gabriel and Vivian, except for the couple of times that his age of 24 came up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where I went, oh, wow. But her age didn't come up. Notice. Like, her age came up at the very beginning when she's 15 and it's a year ago. And then when she has her birthday, her age isn't mentioned as 17. Mm -hmm. So there's this trick with cards, basically, that is like, ah, yes, I've told you how old she is, but pay no attention. Right. But also, like, when I read it and I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, 16, 24, that's basically the same thing. It's fine. (laughs) Right. You don't think about it. 24 will either sound like, wow, that's so old, you're out of college, or it will sound like nothing. 
so the first couple of times reading it, it didn't strike me how fucking gross it is that there's this 24-year-old dude hitting on this girl he's probably known since she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Because you're a kid and you're like, yeah, I'd date a 24-year-old if he was hot. Right? He drives a motorcycle. Oh, he's the badass leader. Nice. Right? He's only described in language that makes him sound sexy. Right. No, that's exactly it. And when I was a kid, I was like, it's real sexy and he wants to fuck. So, like, obviously I'm in favor (laughs) of this pairing. Aiden's so weak and he doesn't want to bite her. What's wrong with him? (laughs) Well, it's just like the book is telling me to feel bad for him when he killed this person. The book is not telling me to care about her at all. So then I'm, you know, I'm a kid. I'm going to do what the book tells, especially me. Like, I'm still really bad about like, I can't identify plot holes. If you tell me there's not a plot hole, I'll be like, yeah, it's not a problem. I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, cool, no plot hole. Right, like, I, you can very easily trick me with canon. It's not hard. So, <laughs> so as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, sure, Vivian Gabriel, great. I'm glad that she figured her shit out. Yay, Vivian. Yeah, she wants to be a werewolf. I also, as a child, I would like to be a werewolf. Sounds good. So, like, yeah, you absolutely can just be totally ignorant and you don't internalize shit and that's that is the problem with problematic yeah. books mm-hmm. so it sucks um hate it i want a better life for vivian yeah yeah so that was the plot and it's a horror novel in case you didn't know <laughs> right the whole story is about this girl who just wants to break free and is ultimately dragged into it it's the book the book runs itself in circles to make this the only viable choice for vivian but mm-hmm it's just frustrating. I wish that yeah. she could have a second chance with a different human or a better werewolf or just... Better werewolf. Like, this book could have ended with, okay, things didn't work out with Aiden. That was miserable. We're going to be moving to Vermont, so we'll be out of Maryland. We won't be near this dude at all. It's fine. And me and Gabriel can be friends. And maybe I'll grow to love him. Maybe not. He's going to keep courting me. That's fine. But, like, why can't we just end this this book with, hey, sometimes your first love is a piece of trash who says he's one way and he's not because he's a scared little baby. And you move on, but not necessarily right into the arms of the 24-year-old. Right. I feel like if you're writing this today, you write about the werewolves or toxic masculinity, you make it clear that that sucks. Then you have her date Aiden and you find this is a guy who has like his own brand of shitty, like masculine ideas. Like, yeah, which he does. Just like maybe he's jealous that she's a werewolf. Like you can make Aiden a different shitty guy. I feel like there was hints of that. Like that scene when she arrived at Aiden's house and then like the dad was like, yelling at him and he was like come on get in the car and then he like drove too fast but vivian was like "Ooh, this is exciting a little nerve-wracking but exciting mm-hmm. and he like hit the wheel with his hand and then like they made out a little bit i'm like that's kind of showing that even this dude has toxic masculinity in him like mm-hmm. he's scaring you and some other girl might not be like hot <laughs> <laughs> that's oh uh, i think that might be one of the things that i hate the most about the way that Vivian's werewolf desire is communicated. A lot of the problems with like werewolf stories is that you get these toxic werewolves and the book never frames that as a bad thing. 
And I right. feel like it sort of does in Blood and Chocolate, like, here and there. But it could have gone harder. But yeah, but then you have scenes where Aiden is angry and that excites Vivian or like she wants violence from him. And like, on the one hand, you can you don't have to be like shitty to be in an S&M relationship. Like, <laughs> please, in fact, don't be. Yes, like that. That is fine. And if we were consensually talking about, oh, what Vivian really needs is a nice dom, like then fine. Great. But yeah. that's not what the book is telling us. The book is no, telling us that. It's making it seem like Vivian needs that toxic masculinity to be satisfied. And I think that's really gross. Yeah, because, again, if we made Vivian, like, 21 college age, senior in college or something, right? And she was going to, like, kink nights at a local club and was like, oh, wow, there are humans (laughs) who, like, get it. (laughs) (laughs) There are humans who also have these protective dominant instincts. Desires. Yeah. I want to find one and we'll switch together. It'll be great. We'll like fight each other for dominance. It'll be awesome. Yes. That is what I want for her. And she like gets with one who like can't handle her because she's like too strong for him. And she's like, ah. Yeah. No, just Vivian finding that in a way that is like not also from a shitty person. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Vivian learning about consent. Vivian learning that any violence is not necessarily good violence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I think that's a huge part of her. She's just like, ooh, violence exciting. It's like, Vivian, you're allowed to say, but this violence, no. (laughs) Right? I feel like the book is trying to tell us that, like, Vivian is... Well, so here's one of the things that we should probably talk about with regard to this whole book is that um, a lot of people will read it as an anti-interracial dating thing. Yeah. Which is a valid read, right? Valid read on it, yeah. Because, like, the ultimate message is don't date outside your own kind because they'll never understand you. But... I think that the werewolves, like you said... Because they're supernatural and not actually just other humans. Well, not even that. Like, supernatural creatures can be used as allegories for, you know, oppressed or or minority or different groups. Like, they've done that before. What group are these guys pretending to be? Well, I mean, that's the thing, is that the werewolves don't map. And I don't think that they're meant to map. Particularly not any marginalized group. Right. Like, I think they're just legitimately meant to be, like, these alien wolf creatures. Yeah. And I think that the idea is genuinely just meant to be that they're just too weird to get (laughs) along with humans. That's still a shitty message. Right? Anybody that tries to say, oh, this other group is just too weird and too unlike us. That there are just differences that you can't overcome. Like, But there there is a, a world in which Vivian is like not accepting her her own culture because she wants to like assimilate or something like there's a world in which you can tell that story where Vivian coming back to realizing that oh no my family really does get me they really can accept me all of me like they can be the people who love me I don't have to find acceptance from another group sure sure but the problem is that the werewolves are just so shitty yeah like It would be great if her group was like, we love you and care about you and we like all of this. And obviously, as you can see, some of us are soft and gentle like you. Mm -hmm. And we accept that and even have had leaders like that Mm -hmm. versus what happens. 
Right. Like this, there are so many ways that this book can tweak itself to not be terrible, but instead it just tells like the worst version of the story that it's trying to tell. And it's such a shame because, uh, so I was watching some like reviews and listening to some, I tried to listen to some podcasts in preparation for this just so that I would have an idea of what people think oh shit i want to know because i i've never i've never heard other people talk about it well that's the thing so i watched a video on youtube where a guy who does book to movie adaptations and he was very dismissive of the book and i'm like excuse me excuse me sir what the fuck did you just say and like listen the points that he brought up he's right Is is very problematic. There's sexual harassment everywhere. There is. It's it's a, not a great message in the end of it. Like you're not wrong, but also how dare you? I love this book. <laughs> and it was the same with the podcast that I tried to listen to. Like you know they didn't like the book, and I was like, oh man, because I I do I really like this book. I hate it, but I really like this book, and it hurts me that it's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It is definitely, it has so many problems. It is so misogynistic. It is it so is. toxic. Mm-hmm. It is horror. And if you can read it as a horror novel, it's so good. Yeah. And I mean, Vivian is a really great character. I love her. If you don't like Vivian, fuck you. You're wrong. Oh, seriously. Anyone who wants to shit on Vivian, uh, they can come catch these hands. Right. Like, that's the other thing. The guy was like, yeah, the lead character is so unlikable. She just thinks she's so hot. And I'm like, what the fuck did you say about my daughter? (gasps) Right? My little baby 16-year-old werewolf? (laughs) Fuck you. She has the confidence I wish I ever had. Right? This I'm like, and he's like, oh, yeah, she's a self-insert. And I'm like, listen, white boy. (laughs) <laughs> don't don't come at me with this bullshit analysis until you can understand the need for books with monster girls who love themselves. Exactly. Monster girls who love themselves, they we need more of them. Yeah. So I love Vivian. I only want the best for her. And I hate that this is the book that she gets. Yep. No, I agree. I'm so mad. <laughs> 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 I'm just sitting here like, she thinks she's so hot. She is. Fuck you. She's beautiful. Right. Yeah, that's not a con, sir. That's a pro of this book. <laughs> right? <laughs> How dare you suggest that Vivian thinking she's hot is a problem. Right? Like, the, the sexuality of this book, like, problematic as parts of it are, is also one of its greatest strengths. Like, yes, acknowledge yes. that teenagers are angry and horny and want to fuck. Okay, that was definitely something I wanted to talk about with this book, mm-hmm. is... How much I love that, as much as it's also kind of gross to me because I really like things to be clean, I love how much Vivian is like, mm, I want to lick the sweat from you. Ooh, you smell so musky. Like, like her whole internalized thing, like, she loves the sweat of the, of, I was going to say these men, but like, of Aiden. You know, she loves the way he smells. She loves the sex of him. She loves how sexy she is. Like, mm-hmm. things are dirty and real and gross and she just fucking loves it it makes her so goddamn horny and (laughs) she is so good i love that like oh my god you don't see that shit in books especially not in fucking 97 he was dunking on the fact that she like drank his bath water and i'm like how dare you that's the best part of the book (laughs) 
The fact that we don't get that, I'm pretty sure, in the movie, when I can picture it cinematically in my head. That's the other problem. Like, this book is so well written. There are so many great cinematic scenes. What a waste. What a fucking waste. It is so good. And there's things I would change if I, like, I feel like that's what I would want to do. I'd want to take Blood and Chocolate and turn it into a movie where I could change some things. Let us adapt it. We can yes. fix it in adaptation. Yeah, exactly. It's not bad. You and I can fix it. <laughs> it just needs a little tweaking for the modern day. That's all. Right? That's it. It's not that bad. It's beautiful. Like, it reminds me so much. Like I said, you know, I mean, I've named my beautiful drink here a ginger snap because <laughs> of how much I love ginger snaps. Because it's the same fucking kind of story where here's a girl owning her sexuality, owning her weirdness and her grossness and her teenageness. Mm-hmm. Like, I can imagine Ginger just fucking crawling across the bathroom to lick the fucking bath water of this boy <laughs> that she likes. That's a beautiful, gross scene and mm-hmm. I love it. It's a great touch of the writing to balance Vivian as like the the animal and the girl and those scenes where she gets to be both are great. I love it. I'm I'm so glad that the books that are coming, a lot of the YA books that are coming out now are coming out with monster girls. There are yeah. more and more books where girls are messy and angry and violent monsters, both, you know, literal and metaphorical. Yes. And there was just a large time period where that wasn't happening in the mainstream. And that's unfortunate. Right. What else do we want to talk about? Anything else we want to talk about with this book? Oh, one thing I wanted to mention. Um, you, know, you read a lot of werewolf books where people hate being their werewolf selves, like, or the werewolves are like a curse. Yeah, the the curseness of it. I love that this book, Vivian, even if she doesn't like some of her more violent instincts, she never hates being a werewolf. She always loves the the change. Is literally like pleasurable for her (laughs) she's like ecstatic about it right like that's something that i love that vivian always loves the monster of herself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i love i i agree the fact that anytime she feels gross she's like fuck this person for making me feel gross yes fuck these werewolves for turning our gift into something ugly and violent and murderous like i love that for her and i love that message Mm -hmm. i mean Obviously for young women, but for anyone who reads it to be like, take Vivian's utter confidence and glory in being what she is and apply it to yourself because we all fucking deserve it. Yes. Love, love your monster. Mm-hmm. One thing that I kind of touched on a little bit earlier, but just wanted to double down on is that um, I really appreciate Esme as I get older. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in the beginning of reading this, I was like, ew, why is the mom trying to have sex with people? She is an old. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, she she has this daughter and she's running around and seemed like she got over the death of her husband, but it was really all just kind of a a show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then she started chasing after Gabriel and then ultimately she ends up with Thomas and things like that. Like, I love that Esme found herself another gentle werewolf boy. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love Esme. I'm so mad about Astrid. Like, I don't even know how to fucking fix Astrid. Oh, yeah. We we touched on it a little bit, but this book is extremely, like, lots of internalized misogyny. <laughs> Outward. <laughs> yeah, this book is, like, a double down on misogyny. Girls hate girls. Vivian has no friends. 
that are girls, even in the werewolf pack. All of the women in her life are either mothers, bitches, sluts, old wise women who heal you, crying women who have babies and lost their husbands. Like, there is no one her age who she could have been friends with as a werewolf. She has no peers. Like, there's nobody who's her equal. There's one person in Aiden's friend group that she likes who is a girl that treats her well, but that person immediately vanishes when she breaks up with Aiden, so... Yeah, because Aiden's like, she's a crazy bitch who threw a chair through my window. And one of the reasons that Vivian most bonds with uh, Bingo is the character. I'm gonna go with two reasons that she bonds with her most are... Bingo is not seen as a threat to Aiden because she's very sisterly and calls him a douchebag and things like that. And when Bingo invites her to come hang out, Kelly, the mean girl, calls and Bingo says some stuff and then is like, wow, I don't like that girl. And Vivian's like, hooray, I have an ally. So like, you're not a threat to my man and you hate the same girl I hate who is a threat to my man. Mm -hmm. That's not great. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's no, like, solidarity between women in this book at all. Zero. Though I do appreciate that Vivian's first instinct when her mother is attacked by Astrid is to be like, not my mom! Yeah, like, Vivian's relationship with her mother, I I like. It's still rocky in a way that feels sort of misogynistic. The fact that it's rooted in Esme's promiscuousness that all feels shitty and gross and I don't like it. Yeah, because I, like I said, when I first read this, I was also a teenager. So I believed Vivian, you know, to be like, ew, Esme, you should not be outdating boys who are, you know, 15 years younger than you. How gross. You should be at home being a mom. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's just bad, you know? Like, let her have her fucking life. She's only in her late 30s. (laughs) Right, right. That being said, I do also find Vivian intensely relatable in that sense of like, she and her mom went through like this terrible loss. And like the feeling that along with the rest of the pack, Vivian is adrift. But like the sense that like Vivian wants somebody that she can turn to that can be stability for her and then Esme is not there. That, like, Esme is also obviously coping in her own way with, like, losing her husband, but that she's also not there for her daughter. Yeah, it's a really human reaction. Yeah. Like, it's very good. Like, I personally understand, like, seeing your parent turn into a teenager again is a terrible (laughs) feeling when you are a teenager, like, who is also trying to deal with this loss. (laughs) Right? You want to be there like, I'm sorry, One of us needs to be the adult, and it's not supposed to be me. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe if Uncle Rudy had been more strongly in her life, but from the get-go, you get the sense that Uncle Rudy is like, y'all can stay in my house, but I don't want you here forever. (laughs) Right, Uncle Rudy is counting the days. (laughs) He is! Until he can get his goddamn den back. Oh, oh my gosh, that was something I thought about. The fact that she, like, painted his walls and that, like, her claws have been, like, scraping down his clearly hardwood door. <laughs> like, he he definitely lives in an old-ass Victorian, and when they all move out, he's just gonna step into that room and be like, 
long-suffering sigh. <laughs> right? You know, he's going to be like, Gabriel, you are going to reimburse me for the contractor that I have to hire to fix this. <laughs> right? She destroyed the window screen. She painted my walls. She destroyed my shit. Who knows what Esme's doing in her room? Like, <laughs> Esme sprayed everywhere. <laughs> Like, Uncle Rudy is a fucking saint. Let's just admit it. <laughs> right. But he's not there to be there for Vivian. Right. No. All right. So the question that we always have to ask, would you recommend this book? You know, it's actually funny. When uh, I first posted about starting the book on Twitter, mm -hmm. we got a tweet from somebody and they said, Oh, yeah, I always meant to read that because I liked, you know, stuff like it, but I never yeah. ended up reading it. And I was like... Yeah, you should read it. It's probably now. even better as an adult. So, like, would you recommend it? Yeah, literally did, like, two days ago. <laughs> yeah, this book, to me, only seems to get better with age. Mm -hmm. I'm shocked. Like, <laughs> and I, I can't remember, but I think we didn't feel this way the last read. Probably not. I feel like the last time we read it, maybe even the time before that, the Paper Cuts one, I feel like... The betrayal of realizing, like, how shitty the themes are yeah. was just too much to bear. <laughs> we were just like, no, fuck this book. Right? And we were correct. You should yeet it into the trash. There are parts <laughs> that are really awful. <laughs> but definitely, like, I wouldn't recommend this book to a 14-year-old. <laughs> no. But I would recommend this book to an adult. Yes. And I think that's the difference, is that I would absolutely, any of my friends who like werewolves or supernatural books or like horror and can handle romance with their horror, I would be like, read this book. <sighs> it was so good to reread this book with you. Yes, it was fun. Uh, so later this month, we are going to re-watch, because both of us have seen the movie. Unfortunately. <laughs> I'm open to I'm open to seeing how it is because I saw it in theaters in New York when I wow. went down to see my agent back in the day. Wow! Um, so we went and we saw this movie. God, I was so mad at this movie. Yeah, listen, we have already established missed opportunity could have fixed everything wrong and made a really good movie, <laughs> and instead, what right. the fuck? Could have just given me ginger snaps. But um, I was mad at it, I think, because it wasn't this book. So I'm open to the whatever it is. Anybody who hasn't seen the movie, it's not this book. You really should adjust your expectations. Are they high at all? Put them on the floor. Put them under the floor. Lift up the carpet. Just watch a werewolf movie is what I'm going to do. It's not a good werewolf movie either. But I don't remember. I just remember being mad it wasn't blood and chocolate. No. I'm just saying. I'm saying me to you, Ollie. Under the rug. <laughs> All right, you're telling me to lower my expectations yes, even more. I am. Okay. Uh, That's fine. Well, anyway, we're going to rewatch the movie. And we're not going to live podcast, but we are going to live tweet. Mm -hmm. um, so so watch us on Twitter and we'll, we'll tell you the date. We're still going to figure that out. It may end up, I'm going to say it right now, might end up being the Saturday after Thanksgiving, depending upon things. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, so join us. We'll live tweet. You're welcome to watch it as well with us. Should still be on YouTube for free. Yeah, we'll drop a link. So, I'm Ollie, and thank you for joining us. Find me on Twitter at Olivia Hennis. Uh, we'll link that below. And also on Twitter, you'll find the podcast at Backlist Podcast. Yep.
Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at endless underscore run, and you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash backlist and chill. We have a new patron. Uh, Sarah, welcome to our Patreon. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you, Sarah. I hope you enjoy your early episode. Yeah, and obviously always thank you to our other patrons. There are only five of you, so Sarah, Elizabeth, Catherine, Raven, and Peter, we love you. We appreciate your support. They are quite literally our people. (laughs) Yes. Love it. So thank you guys. We appreciate you. All right, everyone. Have a good one. Yep. See you at the movie. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Under the carpet. Bye. I feel like if I were a werewolf, my werewolf Sona is Hige from Wolf's Reign, and he's just a fat werewolf who eats all the time. Yeah, he's just a good boy who likes eating stuff and getting petted by old ladies who feed him stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's very relatable, Hige. Is he a full-on wolf? So in Wolf's Reign, they're pretty boys, because it's an anime, (laughs) who can, like, project the image of themselves as pretty boys, but they're actually wolves. Oh. So, like, they can't really touch people because they're wolves. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's like a hologram, kind of. Uh, Intriguing. So when he's not projecting it, he's a wolf. Yes. I like this. This is good. I'm not super needy for the foods, but the pets sound great. (laughs) You're a were-cat. You just want pets. It's true. I'm like, fuck you, I'll get my own food. Yeah, I will sleep. Let me sleep in your windowsill. Pet me. Only when I want to be pet. (laughs) That's fair. You could be like the dog and the cat from Animaniacs. (gasps) Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It was Rita and Runt. I think so. Yeah. I just like walk around and be dumb and you can ride on my back. And we'll sing musicals. Yeah, I like this plan. This This is is the best plan. (laughs) (laughs) And that's blood and chocolate, everybody.